Hello and welcome to the Slate Political Gab Fest for June 8th, 2019, the Slate Day edition. We are live at the SVA Theater in Chelsea in Manhattan as part of Slate Day. I'm David Plotz of Atlas Obscura. I am joined on stage by the New York Times Magazine and Yale University's Emily Bazelon. Hello, Emily. Hey! And John Dickerson cannot be with us today, but that's okay. We have somebody better, somebody who's not going <laughs> to bore us with, with stories of uh, walrus mustachioed presidents. Well, you never know. Maybe she will. Yeah, maybe she will. I don't know. So sitting in between me and Emily is Nicole Hannah-Jones, also like Emily, a New York Times Magazine staff writer, author of a forthcoming book, <laughs> The Problem We All Live With a New Yorker, and I would note that there, one of the three of us on stage is a MacArthur genius, and I'm gonna, we're going <laughs> to ask, let's have a guess. Who thinks that I'm the MacArthur genius? Thank you. <laughs> Who thinks that Emily is the MacArthur genius? No, you know that that's it. Who thinks that, is it Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old. Do you feel like that's going to be the first line in your, in your, uh, in your obituary? <laughs> Well, or in the profile I'm hoping of you. that advancements in science will not, you know, lead me to need an obituary. Oh, that's a good answer. Whoa. That's a really ambitious answer. <laughs> <laughs> On this special Slate Day show, we're going to talk about who is going to win the crucial African-American vote in the Democratic primary and why. Then, the government is preparing an antitrust assault on the big four of Silicon Valley, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple. Should they be broken up? What would happen if they were? And then the resegregation of America's public schools and how it's particularly damaging here in New York City. Plus, we're going to have cocktail chatter. African Americans are the core constituency of the Democratic Party. They're at least 20% of Democratic primary voters in the key early primary state of South Carolina. They will be 60% of primary voters. And it's been fascinating to watch the competition for black votes among the 347 declared Democratic presidential <laughs> candidates. And it promises to be even more intense as voting approaches. So Nicole, here we are, we're, we're still months and months from the first voting. What is the general shape of African-American support so far? It's, it, if you look at the polls, it's leaning quite heavily to Joe Biden and not very much to the black candidates who are in the race. Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting reporting on this uh, in the last few weeks. And I think from my own reporting on elections in the past and just um, reading and also talking to my family members, black folks are and almost always tend to vote on civil rights and um, mostly these days on trying to hold on to what gains they've had. And so when you look at the stories that are coming out, Black voters are saying very clearly, not that they think Joe Biden is the best candidate, but that they think he has the best chance of winning. That this kind of backlash that we saw following Obama's presidency has led many black voters to think very practically that you have to have a white man if you want to beat a white man. Emily, do you think the, that theory of the case holds? I mean, we, I think we simply, I mean, it's hard to know because we're so far away from the election. But what's the evidence that that is, that the 
white manness overpowers the kind of excitement that a woman, a person of color, a progressive might bring? I mean, right now it seems like the most plausible scenario, right? In part because the field itself hasn't been that tested yet. And so we're talking about people based on their past records and the very beginning of their candidacies. And Joe Biden hasn't had a chance to blow it yet, which is what has happened in the past when he's run for president. He may not blow it this time, but there's a kind of um, idealized, oh, I've heard of this guy, uh, name recognition basking in the glow of his vice presidency with Obama that he's benefiting from right now, not just with African-Americans, with lots of Democrats. And I don't think we know whether it's going to last. But I mean, for either of you, do you think, I mean, the, the weird thing about Biden is that on civil rights issues and on issues that of concern to African-Americans, he hasn't been particularly good or progressive. I mean, his record is he was against school busing, right? And he was... Like almost every other white person yeah. at the time. Well, I mean, he's old enough to have been, he's yeah. old enough to have had Right, he's had more the vote on, on the record, that. right? Because yeah. he was in government in the Yeah, I, I don't think that, again, I don't think it's his record that is leading to the broad support among black Americans. I don't think there's a lot in his record um, you can point to that would lead black folks to support him. I do think it is practical, um, though it's only practical until... There's not a need to be practical, and we can look at what happened um, when Obama runs the first time, which is he has Hillary had the most support in black communities until Obama won the Iowa primary. And then once black people saw that, oh, a black man actually could win a white state, then their support very quickly shifted. So you could see something happen very similarly in this case. Right now, it seems like the practical vote, but we're so early, I think it's it's hard to tell what's gonna happen with that. I, if I could add one more thing, the, the other thing I think is the media has clearly played a huge role in this narrative that you have to have the candidate who can bring white voters back. Now, the truth is we know um, white working class voters, depending, some of them left the party, some didn't, um, but Obama didn't win with the majority of the white vote. No Democrats win with the majority of the white vote. But we have pushed that narrative out repeatedly since the Trump election. And I think that that is also influencing the way voters are think Democratic voters are thinking about candidates. Right, because then African-American voters, along with other Democrats, start thinking through the lens of who's going to solve this problem with the white working class. Right. Biden seems plausible. Another narrative of the electorate is that it was declining participation and voting by black voters in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin that helped sink Hillary. And so you could make an argument that actually the person who gets black voters the most excited could solve that turnout problem. And that would be another lens through which to but, view this yeah. question, but which could it, change the calculus. But yes. and it, it, do you guys think that there's reason to think that Biden actually would be that person? Because neither of you is saying anything that makes me think, oh, Biden is the, the candidate whom black voters have heart for. It's sort of like this is a strategic, it's a strategic vote. And so there's, there's the possibility that, that a significant number of black voters will find heart for somebody else, right? And get excited about somebody else. I think the least surprising thing in the world was that black voting went down after a historic black presidency. So yeah, part of it was Hillary, but part of it was they also had record rates of voter participation to vote Obama in and then keep him in office. And there was no candidate who was going to have that same level of support. We also have not talked nearly enough about all of the voter suppression that occurred in those same states as Gap well. fans, that was just a teaser. To hear the rest of our Slate Plus conversation, go to slate.com slash Plus to become a Slate Plus member today.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. <laughs> 